I think last time we were on the podcast, you were anticipating it as someone who wasn't familiar with the story. Right. Someone right, who right, hadn't right. read the book or seen the Which, the Lynch film. I feel like that served me a little bit yeah. because I did go see the movie and I had a general understanding of like the world and what was going on. So it wasn't hard to follow at all um, what was going on. Some of the motivations of the character, like the bigger, mm -hmm. like hierarchical characters, some of their motivations were a little more difficult to like wrap my head around. But by the end of the movie, I had a handle on it and it was fine. But I do think that it helped me a little bit just kind of enjoy the movie yeah. because I didn't really know, mm -hmm. you know, who's going to die, who was going to live. So I was still surprised by some of those like things that happened, like the deaths of some main characters, no spoilers yet but right like you know some characters do die uh and so i didn't know that that was coming i didn't know how it was going to happen any of that stuff so i still like someone that was reading it for the first time or viewing it for the first time was holding on to that hope of like maybe yeah. they'll get away maybe they'll survive you know maybe yeah. and so i think that that was good but at the end of the day I think reading the book or watching it ahead of time wouldn't have been terrible because at, obviously at this point I'm going to go like the, the next movie's not going to come out for a while. So I'm probably going to go ahead and like look into it. Yeah. Read, watch the other movie, read yeah. the book. Stuff like I was, that. I was definitely curious because I had read the book, um, last year. Yeah. And so for me it wasn't what's going to happen. It's how are they going to execute or like, what are they going to keep? What are they going to cut out? How are right. they going to execute this? Um, so I was really curious. I know that when I read the book, like the first 70 pages or so, I struggled with how the universe worked. Because I think I mentioned right. this last time, at least how... What was it about the universe that messed you up? Well, how Herbert writes the book is he writes it as if you exist in the world and mm. like you don't need things explained you don't need the exposition he, because you already yeah. understand how the government he works throws you and... into the world and like he'll say names and the names of like political figures he'll talk about the ben jesserit who mm -hmm. was you know like the that the witch clan i guess that uh, right, paul's right, mom's right. in and just talk about them and not and like not in any way like explain you have Man. to you have to piece it together through the context that scene was so cool and like, especially the political motivations in the book, I struggled to be like, wait, why is the emperor sending them to Dune? Why is that such a big deal? And then I'm like, I get the sense this is a trap, but I don't know exactly why. And I feel like in the movie, they do a really good job of like hinting at the political motivations. Well, and the funny thing about it was, is that they didn't do anything, which I actually thought this was really well done. They didn't do anything overt no. to tell you like, the emperor is doing this because of this and like get specific. They had just hinted at the fact that the emperor was threatened yeah, by how powerful, uh, that family. What's the family again? Oh, the Atreides. Yeah. The Atreides. Yeah. It was threatened by like how powerful they were becoming yeah. in like the political structure yeah. of, I guess the universe you would say. Yeah. Um, and so he was basically sending, sending them on like a suicide mission. Yeah. I think, but they he messed up yeah. by letting the uh, his soldiers be used, didn't he? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like it that him sending his 
like imperial guard right, quote right, right i can't remember exactly what they're called in the imperium soldiers or something yeah. like that Warriors really really tips the hand of be like oh the emperor is on the side of the harkonnens yeah and the people who survived the attack ideally no one survives so no one knows that the emperor was involved but the people who survive are like right okay so the emperor wanted this to happen this wasn't just a harkonnen usurping this was yeah you know. anyway i was curious to get your take on it because it's it's a lot for them to world build and only cover half the book and so it's like yeah i feel like they did a really good job of, of building the universe but not making that too much of the movie because yeah. they can't because it's only half of the story so if all the if they were telling the full story they could really dive into the world building because they have all the story to get to but i felt like with this they couldn't world build too much because then you'd world build and the movie would end and you never really got to any of the story yeah yeah so definitely a unique challenge i feel like and you have to make it entertaining and you have to push forward the story while also giving the audience enough information to know what's going on uh, and have some sort of payoff at the end so yeah. it's not like this is the political structure end of movie yeah so like from my perspective i actually thought like i paid really close attention and i picked up on most of what was going on and and actually i, I didn't need any help after the movie like i walked out and was like i understood mm -hmm. like why the emperor was doing what he was doing why dune is so important like why the native people that live there are so important. Um, it, but more than that, I felt like the story focused much more on like the relationships in the movie mm -hmm. than even like the political structure or like what was going on on Dune or anything like that. Like yeah. I felt like probably the biggest chunk of the movie that felt like they were focusing really hard on one thing was the relationship between, um, uh, timothy chalamet's character and his mom yeah like they focused i thought the movie yeah. took a lot of time to focus on that relationship and i think whenever you think about it it makes a lot of sense because there is a certain amount of betrayal that he must be feeling from his mom mm -hmm. because she kind of kept certain things from him and and really in that scene where uh, she sends him in with like the leader of that clan. Like yeah. she's either sending him to his death or he passes the test and comes out alive. Either way, it's like after you come out of that room, you put together yeah. the fact that my mom was about to send me to my death potentially. Yeah, there's there's definitely some really solid divided loyalties there because she was not supposed to have a son. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she is the, I don't, I, I can't remember the exact word they use for her relationship to, to, uh, daddy Atreides, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah. but like, she's basically like a, not a concubine, but I think they do use yeah, that word though. She, she is like in, in, um, in Oscar Isaac's eyes, she is more than a concubine, but like right. politically she's a concubine. Right. So in a way she has to serve Duke and she trusts him enough to just go ahead and have a son because she wasn't supposed to have a son. Right. Um, the Ben Jesuit are only supposed to have daughters. Mm -hmm. 
so she trusts him enough to like give him a son, but she's also still loyal to the Ben Jesuit. Does and, the book go into like how they ended up together at all? You know, I can't remember. I mean, I read it over a year ago and I've only read the, the novel movie, once. The movie made them so but there is likable. There is it's not just like a political relationship. Like there is genuine care yeah. between them. Yeah, and you sense that you can feel yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what makes it interesting is like the Ben Jesuit would really like it if it was just professional. Yeah. Um, because they're putting their people, their, you know, witches in positions of power to in the shadows control, you know, the future of you know, the galactic empire. And yeah. they, what's interesting is that both the, um, natives of Arrakis, um, the sand people, they have their own like Messiah mythology, but then so do the Ben Jesuit. They have like a Messiah and they kind of converge onto Paul. Like Paul kind of checks both those boxes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I really love about the story at large is the first two novels, like Paul's relationship with his own mythology. Mm hmm which is something I want to talk to you about someone who doesn't know where it's going. I'm like, I'm kind of interested to right. see where you see the story going. Um, because I think they did a really good job of teasing Paul's biggest conflict going forward mm -hmm. without like whacking you over the head with it. Right. Well, to me, it seems like, uh, Paul, doesn't really have i feel like his his loyalty is going to be to like the native people of dune mm -hmm. because i think he feels a stronger connection to that group of people yeah but i think the part of the conflict is going to be figuring out how to have them be free and when whatever kind of war may be coming yeah because there are a lot of them but up against you know, two or three separate groups of, you know, I, groups or families or whatever it is that you want to call it. Like the group of witches, like yeah. the group of people that ran the, the spice trade and then the emperor and his men, where it's like, you have those three groups of people that are kind of all against you. Uh, well, potentially, because I guess the group of witches could want Paul to come with them but i don't feel Who like knows he, what witches want but yeah but i don't feel like he ever and we're calling them witches and i don't feel i like don't even know if really that's accurate witches. but it just it just it's kind of uh, right. the vibe it is there feels right yeah. yeah no but i i feel like uh the conflict is partially gonna be like how does he get the people that he loves out of what he's kind of yeah. gonna get them into yeah it's, um but i and if, I mean, I could be way off base. I would have no idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's coming in. The I mean, I was interested half. in that because I've only read the first two books. Right. Um, so like, I'm not the biggest Dune mythology nerd. Like I read the book once, really liked it. Mm -hmm. um, the terminology is like really weird. So like, I am going to forget names and stuff. Like I can't even remember how to pronounce the, the Messiah name that the Ben Jesuit have. It's like the, quidditch hatteratch or whatever <laughs> yeah it's weird well, but uh, though all the names are very cool yeah not well, the easiest to <laughs> well the best name is duncan idaho let me just say i was just about to say that oh. exact thing duncan 
That's a name. Makes sense. Everybody else's name is like Paul and mm-hmm. Duke and stuff yeah. like that. You know, normal. Rachel. Duncan. Yeah. You know, a good solid name. Yeah. Idaho. I'm, I'm behind it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. the name. But in this world, is there an Idaho? That's a state. I mean, if you think about it. What this, is the meaning of the name, the word, place, I like, guess? in the far future. So, like, there was a point in the Dune where there history was an Idaho, where there maybe. was just a normal Earth with an Idaho and it's left over. Whoa. You know? Man, our boy Duncan Idaho. Our boy Duncan Idaho. Just like a guy you want to get a beer with. Just a guy that you just... I just... I felt comfort knowing he just existed somewhere in the universe. Like, even in the parts of the movie that he wasn't there, I was like, Duncan's still out there, you know? He's just out there doing his thing. And I feel good just knowing that he's out there doing his thing. Um, What a freaking perfect casting. Yeah. I guess before we get into, like, individual parts of the movie we liked, I just will say, like, the one thing, having read the first two novels and like the first two novels really tell Paul's story. And mm-hmm. then from what I understand, the rest of the Dune novels kind of like take place in like the generations after. Mm. So like, I really felt good stopping at the second book and just be like, okay, I, I, I read Paul's story for the most part. Yeah. So like, I know what Herbert is doing thematically. And so watching this, I can see that Denis really has a grasp on the original themes of the novel and like he's doing, he was like editing it in a way that really highlights certain things. But I was wondering, like for you, you only watched half of the first book, basically. Yeah. I was like, did you feel like you had a good grasp of like what the movie is like trying to say or set up? You know what I mean? Not necessarily that like, like, did you feel like the themes were lost because you only saw half of a story, if that makes sense? Yeah, it. It did feel a little bit like we stopped in the middle of a movie. Yeah. Um, it felt a, like a little bit like, okay, like I'm, I'm ready to see, yeah. like I'm ready to kind of see where this second act yeah. takes me into the third act. And it, it, it kind of felt like we stopped in the middle of the second act. Yeah, a little it, bit. it felt like you were watching the OG Titanic VHS. And I had home. to sw- <laughs> and I had to switch the tape. And you had to switch, but then like, like oh. <laughs> something came up and you couldn't switch yeah. them and you have to save it for later. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of felt like the movie just ended in the middle of the second yeah. act or at the beginning of the second act, where it was like much of the movie was us learning about the Atreides family mm-hmm. and Paul and who he is yeah. and like what's important to him and why we can kind of, you know, hook our trailer to, to that camp a little bit yeah. and be on Paul's side. I felt like much of the movie was that and a little bit of that conflict, like I was saying with Paul and his mom and some mm-hmm. of his relationships and stuff like that and kind of um, learning maybe not how to be a leader, but, but that I, I, I think there's, there was, some, there were some themes in there about leadership and yeah. coming of age and, you know, having responsibilities and, and being, being, uh, being true to like who you are in your responsibilities. Yeah. Like I, I, I liked that, um, him and his dad were talking and they were talking about like, him saying, what if I don't want to be, Yeah, you know, who you need me to be? Yeah. And, you know, I think that that revealed so much about their relationship whenever his dad answered, 
like you could do nothing else for the rest of your life and be exactly who I need you to yeah. be, which is my son. And yeah, it's like, and it just gives that sense of, you know, sometimes you find yourself in this position of having to lead people and it's like, you're not equipped for it. You're not ready for it. But if you, if your heart is true, mm-hmm. then, you know, and you lead from that place, then you'll be okay. Or maybe not even yeah. okay, but like, um, you know, that, that you're, you're leading from like a right place. So people are going to want to follow you because you're leading from that place of like honesty and truth. But, um, I don't even know if that's like a theme moving forward, but that's just kind of like the stuff that I was seeing. I mean, like in in a way that is spot on because I don't remember if the line Duke says to Paul about like, if the only thing you ever are is my son, that's enough. Like, I don't remember if that's in the novel, but even if it isn't, it makes sense to what Paul's facing because yeah, like destiny is a huge part, like like facing your future. Like there's the scene in the tent where Paul's having those visions. Do you remember that part? Yeah, yeah. And of like these like in the books, they call them jihads, like these like holy wars. And yeah. he's like really pushing against this future. And that's a huge part of Paul's story is this situation is thrust upon him to like take over his family after you know things happen yeah and it's this idea of like is this too much like is this really what i want to do like is this really my destiny to be a messiah figure yeah and knowing that's like what paul struggles with and then hearing duke say like and you know in less words like hey that messiah stuff that's whatever you're my son and that's what's important yeah like i feel like that's exactly what paul needs to hear in that moment where he's feeling from his mom's side like the ben jesuit like oh he's this special thing Mm -hmm. the uh, um the natives on the planet are seeing him and fitting him into like their messiah figure yeah and it's just like all this mythology is going to be built around him but like really what matters is like all that stuff is just noise yeah like you need to trust who you are and like be who you want to be who you want to become. Well, and it's, it's like that. I I think it's that idea of like, if you're the Messiah, like truly, mm-hmm. and you aren't true to who you are, like, because I mean, and we say who you are in the context of who Paul is in the story, like he's a very like morally upright, like, seem you know does the right thing like wants to help people yeah like doesn't like the idea of you know walking all over the native people to kind of right. get what they want like you know and they 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 fold all these themes in there of like who this fan like who these people are that they're good people that they want to lead from yeah. a place of like unity and not like just walking all over people to get what you want and stuff like yeah. that so like within that context him being true to who he is is that where it's like, if you are this Messiah, it won't matter if you lose who you are Mm -hmm. because you're going to become something that you don't recognize where it's like, if you're, if what's important Mm -hmm. is like, you're going to have this role thrust upon you. Like you are now the figurehead of this family. And so if you forget who you are and you lose who you are, then that's the only way yeah. that this is going to go bad because if you stay true to who you are and, and your and your family, 
and who they are, then you're going to lead from a place of unity and people are going to want to, yeah. to follow you. Yeah. That's, it's when I read the books, the thing that like really impressed me because most franchises that go like the Messiah chosen one route mm-hmm. don't do this and become introspective and critique the idea of a chosen one or a Messiah. Right. Yeah. And without giving too much away, I feel comfortable saying it because the movie like teases it with Paul's visions and stuff. But like yeah. the idea that they're even teasing this idea that Paul doesn't want to be a Messiah and the things he sees coming yeah. of like the things that will happen in his name, mm-hmm. like wars and stuff is yeah. like this idea of like, oh, like sometimes the mythology, this mythic idea of who you are becomes bigger than what like you actually are mm. and it takes on a life of its own and he starts to see how like thing bad things can be done in his name yeah or in the name of any type of power yeah and i love how this these novels critique that and like yeah. be careful with the idea of chosen ones because it can take on a life of its own and yeah. things can start to happen in its name that isn't right right and the fact that paul's like I don't want to be like a savior. I'm I don't just, want to be the figurehead. Yeah. That people I just are, want to be a yeah. good person. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And the movie really teases that. And I think, uh, when I'm watching, I'm like, okay, Denis, like I was afraid, like I trusted Denis, but like sometimes you can get this book and be like, I just want to get lost in like the, the hero's journey action part of it and not get lost. in like, well, actually this book's kind of being introspective. And right. critiquing its own like motifs of like the hero's journey, the Messiah complex. Right. And the fact that Denis was like again and again in this movie, like, no, 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 no. we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Right. It was yeah. really comforting. But I, I heard him say in an interview that he was like, he's such a big fan of the books that I think, I think he had read them like, and was very familiar with them from whenever he was like a young boy. Yeah. And he was like, I think he was saying in an interview, I'm paraphrasing, but basically that if I can make the movie and it's good enough for me, because mm-hmm. he's like going to be the hardest yeah. critic on it because he knows the book so well that like if it's going to be good enough for him, then it'll be good enough for most people Yeah, because he's so harsh on like the idea of like dreaming up what that, that book would be yeah. um, turning into film. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, but which I think is, the exact right person you want making the movie. Yeah. I was I was saying to an, another buddy of ours the other day that it's like we're so lucky to live in a time where like one of the most beloved sci-fi stories of all time is being made by one of the greatest filmmakers of our time. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like with, like with the technological advances that we have available to us now like what they can shoot and like what they can yeah. make come to life. Like we're just so lucky to live in a time where it's like all these things can kind of come together and it's like in your wildest dreams, you know, yeah. one of your favorite filmmakers making one of the most beloved sci-fi yeah. stories. Well, of like all it's time. just, it's sad that it's so rare, but someone yeah. who takes on a property like this and they do it not because it's a job mm-hmm. like, Oh, like I just, like I just need to direct a new movie because that's my job. But yeah. like Denise is like, no, this story means something it's to like me personally. And I yeah. understand what the story is trying to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's rare that it happens. Like you have like Peter Jackson's take on Lord of the Rings. Like he yeah. actually cared about the material. But like a lot of times, like 
um, book properties get turned into movies. And it's just by like these, no, like I'm not trying to, you know, put people down, but like, journey, sure. like journeyman directors who like, sure. Yeah. Are, it's a job and there's nothing wrong like, with that, but it's like, hey, I have, well, and some amazing movies have come from that yeah. sort of thing where it's like, Hey, there's this book that exists. It's an amazing book. Yeah. I, you know, you read it two years ago and you want to write a script for it and make a movie out of it. Like that's some, some amazing, like some of my favorite movies have come from situations like that. Nothing against that, but it is rare that you get something like like this where it's so personal. Someone who's like becoming like a rising name in the film industry of like this guy, I hate the word auteur, but like someone who has a really distinct filmmaking style and like yeah. tone it's like when you watch a Denis Villeneuve film like it's like oh I know that's a Denis film yeah kind of like you watch a Ridley Scott film you're like oh that was that was definitely a Ridley Scott film you know and, yeah or Nolan or whatever but I've heard uh I heard somebody say that it could be this generation's Star Wars I mean it's what one of the things George Lucas was inspired by yeah that's crazy man yeah that's wild that would be dope I mean I really hope they're obviously going to finish the first book, like, you know, yeah. part two, I really hope they make Dune Messiah, the sequel, because one, no, I don't think anyone's going to expect what's going to happen in that. Really? I've kind of hinted on like how it becomes very introspective and like critical of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dune Messiah is like something else. And I would love to see it. Interesting. I would love to see them finish Paul's journey. I'm sure that they're dreaming as big as... But you can imagine. I haven't, I haven't read the rest of the book, so I don't know what else they could do. Well. Yeah. Was hopefully, there anything else? It just keeps doing well. Was there anything else about like about the movie that really impressed you beyond just like I'm the always impressed. Of it? I'm always impressed by the um, Denise ability to just no matter what's going on in the story, he just has an ability to make whatever is going on on the screen look so interesting yeah every shot of the movie is just beautiful like you could you could pause it anywhere and frame it and put it on your wall and it's just like every shot it feels like is just so intentional and on purpose and well thought out uh like from the costumes to the colors to the lighting Mm -hmm. to everything it just it just feels so well thought out and the whole movie is just it's just gorgeous like it, you're like some of those scenes where they're like on the runway of places where they're like landing yeah. ships and they're like bringing in like huge pieces of machinery and stuff like that. And even those are like beautiful shots, like in beautiful images of the desert. And it's just like, that was just a really striking one. Yeah. His movies are just like that. Um, but just every shot visceral was just so interesting to look at and then you add in the fact that han zimmer is just like fully going for it yeah in every part of that movie like with the music extra hard i mean he is just absolutely going for it yeah Yeah, if you see it in dolby you're just like yeah it's it is a it's a ride with like yeah. When the sound is up, there were some parts of that movie where it's just like, this is stressful. Like I'm stressed yeah. and it's like the music and the sounds and yeah. everything. It's just, well, it, I mean, that's it, what you and want. It's, it's what Nolan does so well yeah. where it's like, you take this huge scale, this huge budget, like yeah. all these moving parts. It could so easily, if one little piece of machinery or one little cog 
is wrong, the whole thing can crumble. But then it's just, they use these grand, huge, like images and things on the screen and they just bring it down to earth with like the acting and the relationships and the story. It just brings you right down to earth. And it like was a very big movie with a big budget and it looked gorgeous and beautiful and like all of this stuff. But like, it was all of those things that you want it to be. But at the same time, the scenes like felt intimate too, where it didn't feel so big that it was like, you couldn't grasp it. Well, like that's the thing with this movie Uh, specifically for Dune. It was the right choice to film a lot of it on site on location and not just being a giant warehouse of green screens. Yeah. I think in general that should be the case, but with like a movie like Dune, like, I don't know if you picked up. I on was it. actually shocked at how much of that was real. Cause like, I, I assumed yeah. that there was like some CGI well, of, of the course. desert, of which I'm sure is. that yeah. there was, mm-hmm. but I think that there was a lot more actual desert no, than yeah. you think. They filmed yeah. in the desert straight <laughs> yeah. up. And yeah. I, like that, you go back to the original star Wars. Like that's what made those movies so special. It's like, yes, the first star Wars movies for, were known for innovating a lot of special effects, but like, yeah, there's still a lot of on-site, on-location. It feels real. When Luke is looking at the twin sons, it's like that just feels so real and visceral yeah. because they're in the desert. But with Dune, like it's a story about ecology. Like it's just as much about like man's relationship to nature as it is mm-hmm. about like themes about power and destiny and stuff like that. And in the, in the future, it is yeah. also just as much a story about man's relationship with nature and how you know like civilizations how mankind try and force nature into its image yeah like how foolish that can be well and i think that's so obvious in the sand snakes yeah the sandworms the sandworms where everyone that comes to the planet is yeah how do we avoid the sandworms how do we escape them how do we fight them how do we keep them back how do we keep them out yeah and the native people have figured out how to harness them how to go with it how to how to work with yeah. nature well that, that's how like, to, the how movie to, the movie opens with that little monologue from one of the natives going like uh you know like life isn't a problem to be solved it's mm. something to flow with yeah and like that's its whole theme right there is like when it comes to the planet when it comes to power when it comes to all these things like you just need to flow naturally with the process yeah and it's when you try and get greedy overpower and overpower things whether that be life nature politics that's when things go wrong yeah and i think the movie is trying to like in every aspect of it just be like no it's about it's about flowing with it like winds hitting a sail yeah it's about harnessing that kind of power where you flow naturally with the process of life instead of trying to domineer it yeah and i think them as much as possible filming on location really adds to that because i'm like i felt like i was literally on the planet arrakis yeah and that's what you want in this type of story yeah well, it was gorgeous. I, I really enjoyed the opening scenes on their home planet as well. Oh, yeah. What what a unique just Oh, look. I loved I loved that scene after Paul got tested by the Ben Jesuit. Yeah. And he's talking to his mom and it's like outside, it's foggy. Like yeah. you, can only, you can only see like people when they're up close. And yeah. so like it just really added texturally 
to this idea of like, okay, Paul is now seeing a new side of his mother. He's confused. The fog is like adding to that idea of like confusion. I can't really see. Yeah. Yeah. That was really well done. Yeah. I, um, I just kind of put this together as we were talking about like nature in the film and what they're trying to say about working with nature and like riding that wave where I had heard someone else say right after I'd watched the movie in an interview or something that there are no computers in the whole movie, Mm -hmm. which is then just playing to that theme even more of like we're depending on our senses and we're depending on like, yeah. Going with nature. They like, do have human computers in Dune. Yeah. I don't know. They didn't really go into it, but there's they that, didn't. Yeah, the there's doctor. that one guy who at the very beginning of the movie they have him like do a calculation and he's like, oh, be, oh, you know. Yeah. You know, like his eyes roll back. He's a human computer in the Dune. Wasn't he was he like the doctor guy? No, he wasn't the doctor. The doctor was the guy who betrayed yeah, the family. Yeah, yeah. He was a oh, different, so that was a he different, was a different guy. aid. Yeah. He was like a oh, heavier, so are there heavier human set guy. Computers. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah I can't I remember exactly how those people in the universe function, like if they're just like genetically engineered smart people or I can't remember, but right. they do have these people called human computers That's who, interesting. who can just like do these calculations in their head like right. Like insanely. Interesting. So hmm. but uh hopefully we don't have to wait too long for the sequel. Yeah, that was the one thing like the movie finished and I was just like, I really hope that that ending in the middle of the story doesn't turn people off. I feel like it's going to be two years before we get the I next just was one. like, like, I feel like this is a like for I how dense the novelist, this is a crowd pleaser. I, would not, but I don't want people turned off by that ending. I would not want them to rush this. No. So it's like, yeah. you know, I just. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did get greenlit takes. for a sequel. And so hopefully they can get on it pretty quickly. I'm sure they're working on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that they are, but, uh, yeah, I could, I could spend probably an hour discussing what that peanut butter chocolate goop was that that dude was just <laughs> dipping himself Ooh. into heal. <laughs> that I, I don't know, man. I would love an explanation of that. Dude, that was, does great. he have gills? Like, how is he under there? I don't know what that was about. That was awesome though. It was really cool. It looked crazy. I just, I love like especially in sci-fi movies when they just add these details to the universe. Yes. That really, they never explain it, but it's just so odd. It's just just there to like remind you like this is a different world. Yeah. And it's just, I love it. Or like, did you see that like weird spider thing in his like layer? Like that cut you real quick. Yeah. I was like, okay, so that's going to come back. (laughs) I was like, and then they just never showed it again. I was like, I just want more of that, like these like little yeah. like, like uh, set dressing, like texture elements oh, that just man. add to like fill out the universe. It's so good, man. I love that, that kind stuff. of stuff is so fun. And it's, it's so great because, you know, they probably, somebody spent so much time making that and making it look amazing. <laughs> and it was in there for yeah. like three seconds. Yeah. One, but, but I will remember that one three guy, one v- VFX artist, like worked 12 <laughs> hours a day, like lost his marriage building this spider guy only for it to be in the 30 second shot and never come back but i'll never forget it i'll never forget it <laughs> we'll use it in the second movie yeah. Yeah. i really loved how long the i don't know the villain's like name but uh how long his dress was in that one scene oh he was like sitting down and then he like floated up really oh, the high main harkonnen guy yeah yeah and it was just like <laughs> so long well that's the thing like in the novel he floats but the implication is like he's so fat in the novel. He has like this 
this uh, floating device that he uses to hold up his fat. Like right. he's floating for the purpose of like holding up the folds of right. his belly. Because I literally stuff. can't. Yeah. Do anything else. But I felt like in the movie, yeah, they make him look big. Yeah. But the floating is way more menacing. It looks like he's floating for clout in this yeah, movie. Yeah, like, I actually kind of like that. I'm not walking just because I don't have to. Yeah. it Like when he started floating, like it looked menacing and creepy. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is what. It was awesome. Yeah. The novel just made it really seem like cool. he needed something to hold up his fat because otherwise he couldn't move. Yeah. Which mm. is like, that's an interesting idea of like, you know, sure, symbolizing yeah. greed. But yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, give me the creepy floaties. Yeah, dude, it was so cool. Man, that scene at the table is so good. Yeah. Gosh, there's so many. I need to watch it again. I actually I haven't need, watched watch it a it second again. time. I haven't yet. been able to watch it a second time yet. We only either. have 10 days left. Well, it's like, it's a hard thing to be like, do I have time for this two and a half hour movie? <laughs> yeah. It's already 10 p.m. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to make it. Nah. So, but yeah, I need to watch it again before it goes, before it stops streaming. But no, I mean, I'm just excited for the next one. I'm excited that we get to live within the time period of the yeah. excitement of having the second one come out and, yeah. and, you know, furthering the story it's, and all the actors are so good in it. And, it's been a yeah. while since like we've had not counting Marvel, like these mm -hmm. big multi-movie franchises that like the whole like country gets really into like, you yeah. know, you had Lord of the Rings, you had Harry Potter. It's yeah. been a minute since we've had something like that where, Everyone is just like yeah. in, in for it. Yeah. Yeah. And like for, for the most it's part, fun. people are discovering it for the first time, you know, and yeah, just like these big temple events. Like I'm really yeah. excited for the second one because I think, I think the first one took a lot of people by surprise. I didn't think it was going to do this well. Yeah. Like not only in terms of like how much money it made, but like what the audience reactions was being yeah. mostly positive. Mm -hmm. I'm like really excited to see people show up for the second one being more excited knowing what they're getting into knowing the universe yeah. a bit more and then like maybe people catching up on streaming of it i'm really excited yeah. for that yeah as long as denis is tied to it i feel like it, as long as somebody's involved that wants to honor the story that much yeah. it goes it plays almost to the the story of the character of paul yeah where it's like you know <laughs> maybe you did or didn't want this like yeah. position of power but it's like thrust upon you and like people trust you now uh, you gotta, to, you gotta do, bring it to, to do what's right. You know? So yeah. it's like, well, what I I've almost heard, feel like as long as he's tied to it, it's going like to be what I've heard. Good. Um, is he was saying stuff about how like the second movie is going to be a lot of action because oh. you know, he like laid the groundwork of the story yeah. and I'm just like, I feel like the second movie is just going to be like ears pinned back. Just like, oh yeah, goodness. total insanity. Yeah. Yeah, the the action that was in this movie was really good. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Um is there well, I feel like uh we pretty much said everything we want to say about Dune. I think we talked it out. How you Dune about Dune? <laughs> Do you want more coffee? I don't think I should. Do you want more absolute <laughs> gasoline? That really is a kind of what it tastes like. <laughs> yeah. But I, I keep coming back. Yeah, I keep coming back for more. It's cold now, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs>